Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Minnesota State Song went a little more like this. Alright, enough goofing around. Let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 187, Minnesota Turkey Hunt. And I am your host and the guy who knows that opening the show singing is risky business. I'm scared every time I do it because I'm thinking, okay, I'm losing listeners by singing on the show. Okay, obviously I'm not all that worried about doing it or scared about doing it because I keep doing it. But I think it's only fair to pay respect to any state that I can harvest a turkey in to play some or all of their state song. So, of course, this week, that's Minnesota's state song. All right, it probably wasn't any secret to you guys that I harvested a turkey in Minnesota anyway. So I don't really think I just let the cat out of the bag. But let's talk about the Minnesota turkey hunt today. You know, last week I ended the story with me pulling into the campground in Minnesota in the flex at midnight, Sunday night, or Monday morning, just depends on how you look at it. So you premium subscribers, you heard all of that story, and that's where I left you. Well, my first order of business was getting some sleep that night. I was tired And I needed some sleep so I could get up at 4 a.m. Monday morning to drive the 10 or 15 minutes to my hunting spot. So how did I find 
this hunting spot. Well, I need to talk about that before I get into the actual hunts, don't I? So the week before I left to go on this trip, I got on Facebook and I joined a group called Minnesota Turkey Hunters. And I posted on the Minnesota Turkey Hunters page that I was coming to Minnesota to hunt turkeys, that I'm trying to kill a turkey in every state. I'm from Alabama. I'm not looking for somebody to point me to a tree. I'm just looking for a good area to go. Well, I learned that Minnesota turkey hunters are a lot like Alabama turkey hunters. They're not going to give you the information that you want. They're not like Wisconsin turkey hunters who were very forthcoming and very helpful with information. So the Minnesota turkey hunters, like I said, a lot like us Alabama turkey hunters and about the most response I got from anyone on the page was, here's a link to the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources website where you can go in to the site and enter which county you want to hunt in, and it will list all of the public land in that county. So that was helpful to a point, but I was really kind of looking for someone to point me in the direction of a piece of public land that was good. But the feedback that I kept getting was basically to the extent of, well, you've killed turkeys in 22 states. You should be able to find turkeys on public land in Minnesota without any problem. So what do you do with that? Well, I'll tell you what I did with it. I stewed on it for a little bit. But in the meantime, a day or two later, someone sent me a PM on Facebook. And it's a guy by the name of Josh Cheetah. And Josh lives and hunts in Minnesota. And he hunts a great deal in the area in Minnesota that I was going to. And I had a conversation with Josh before I left town. Josh gave me a lot of insight. Josh also mentioned that he was going to be in that area hunting Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And that if I was in the area that we could hunt together. Well, I thought that was very generous and very kind of Josh to offer that. But as you know, I was in Wisconsin Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and I didn't get a chance to hunt with Josh. But on my way to Minnesota, Josh gave me some great intel because he was leaving a particular piece of property that he had been hunting for three days, and he had hunted many times before and was very familiar with. So he sent me maps with pins dropped on them, and we had a conversation on the way to this campground where he suggested I stay. And he gave me some tips and some hints about what the turkeys were doing over the past two or three days on that piece of property, and that was very helpful. But where Josh really helped me out was in our conversation that we had before I left Birmingham, he told me that the turkeys in that area like to roost on the public land, fly down, and immediately go to the ag fields that sometimes surround the public land. So while he's telling me this, I am looking up public land spots in Minnesota, and I'm using my OnX app to help me locate some public land that either has ag fields on it 
or very near it. I was really more interested in the public land that had ag fields on it. And I actually found a few pieces that had ag fields on it. And as you may already know or be able to tell, that was a very important piece of the puzzle to my success in Minnesota. Josh was a huge piece of the puzzle for my success in Minnesota. So that's how I ended up at the campground that I ended up in is upon Josh's recommendation of that being a good place to stay. And it was. It was a good place to stay, and it's a good place to hunt. And when I woke up Monday morning, I rearranged everything in the flex because I did sleep in the back of the flex Sunday night. Well, Monday morning until 4 a.m. So I rearranged all my items inside the flex. I drove the 10 or 15 minutes to the hunting place where Josh told me to try out first. And boy, was Josh right. So... I went to the area that he recommended that I go. It's the same area that he went into and actually killed a turkey in Friday morning. I got in there. There were multiple turkeys gobbling in the area. I'm going to say there were probably 10 different turkeys gobbling Monday morning. But I found on a ridge two turkeys that were gobbling that were probably... 200, maybe 250 yards apart. Well, being the Alabama turkey hunter that I am, I decided that I would sit between those two turkeys. Surely, I would be able to get one of them interested or just catch one of them walking by. In hindsight, what I should have done was paid attention to what Josh had told me about the turkeys roosting on the public land flying down and walking to the ag fields that were on private land. And so what ended up happening is after one of those turkeys gobbling probably 75 times on the roost, he flew down. He hung out pretty close to where he was, roosted for a little bit and gobbled at my calling, but wouldn't come any closer. And then he made a beeline, a beeline for the ag field. And I never got in front of him. He beat me to the ag field. Now he's gobbling the whole way there. So it's easy to tell where this turkey is because he's gobbling at the very least once a minute. But oftentimes three or four times in a minute. So the turkey gets to the ag field. I get to the property line where the public land stops and the private land starts not long after the turkey made it to the ag field. Well, Josh said that he sometimes has luck calling those turkeys out of the ag fields and back into the woods on the public land and that he's able to harvest turkeys that way. So I tried it and I called that gobbler to the edge of that ag field three different times. Two times he stood in the wide open with nothing but four strands of barbed wire between me and him, strutting and drumming and gobbling, and trying to find that hen that was calling to him from the public land. At one point, I was at the most 15 yards from him. I could have smoked him several times, but he wasn't legal. So after what was probably an hour and a half of me calling that turkey in three times, 
watching him strut and listening to him drum and gobble right on the property line, a mere three feet from being a legal turkey for me, I decided I'd had enough. And I wanted to go exploring as well. So I left. I left a turkey gobbling and went in search of another turkey that I hoped would gobble and let me know where he was. I didn't have any more luck. I couldn't find another turkey that was gobbling. But I ended up on the opposite end of the property from where I left that turkey. And I spotted another longbeard. This one in full strut with a hen. But he didn't want any part of me. I was about 200 yards away from him. And he had a hen with him. He was not going to leave that hen to come to me. Even though I tried for a little while to talk him into it. He didn't want to do it. So that was pretty much my Monday morning hunt. There was a bunch of gobbling going on. And I got to watch a great show. The only thing I did not get to do was finish the deal and squeeze the trigger. Well, it was hot Monday. So Monday afternoon, I went back to the field where I saw the strutter late Monday morning. And I saw another long beard there strutting for a couple of hens. But I couldn't do anything with him either. He would not leave that ag field and come onto the public land. I did call in a hen, not one of his two hens, but a hen. But she didn't have a boyfriend with her. So that pretty much ended my Monday. Now, late Monday afternoon, I was able to get a couple of turkeys gobbling on the roost. One of them, I was pretty sure, was the same turkey that I had gobbling Monday morning that I had called in a couple of times. But he was roosted across the valley from the ridge that he was on Monday morning. So Monday night, he's roosted on the opposite hillside. And I decided that I was going to go after him Tuesday morning. So Tuesday morning rolls around, and I start down the hill. I'm going to call it a mountain, because really it's a mountain. It's about a 300-foot elevation change, which for this flat-footed southern boy is a pretty good elevation change. So I start down the mountain towards the turkey that is gobbling his brains out on the roost that I had gobbling on the roost Monday afternoon. And as I'm walking down the mountain... I spooked a hen, and she did just what hens do. She flew straight towards the gobbler. And I don't know if maybe she knocked him out of the tree and killed him as she was flying by, but he never gobbled again that morning. I never heard him again. Now, since I was already three-quarters of the way or halfway down the mountain, I figured why not just finish it, go on down to the bottom, through the valley, and up the next mountain where that turkey was roosted in hopes that maybe he would start gobbling again, which he didn't. But I did in the same ag field that I saw a gobbler in late Monday morning and again Monday afternoon, I did see actually two long beards. They were not together, but they were in the ag field that is private property about 45 minutes apart. One of them had three hens one of them had one hen. Neither of them were interested in me. They were both at the closest distance to me. I would say they were 150 to 175 yards away. They were a pretty good ways off. So after my morning hunt Tuesday, it had gotten pretty hot. 
And so when I got back to the vehicle to eat lunch, I did just that. I ate lunch. I did a little bit of work, but my mind was on turkeys the whole time I was eating and working. And my mind said to me, you found two pieces of public land that have ag fields on them. These turkeys in this area like these ag fields, and you need to be going to those public land spots that have the ag fields on them, not on the bordering private property, but actually on the public property. And you need to go check those out. Oh yeah, and by the way, you need ice. So I decided to go check a piece of property that I found using the Minnesota DNR website and the OnX app, which by the way, if you guys hunt public land and you do not have the paid OnX app, you are truly missing out on some great opportunities. There is no way I will go another deer or turkey season without having either that app or one that's very similar to it. There is just too much great information on there to not put that tool in your tool belt. All right, so I'm not getting paid for that plug, but it's a product I believe in, and it's a product that I believe can help you kill turkeys because it helped me kill one in Minnesota. So I headed to this piece of property that is state forest land that has ag fields on it. In fact, the majority of the property is ag fields. And fortunately for me, my route took me through a small town where I stopped and picked up some ice. You can probably tell ice is a big deal because I've got food in the cooler and I've got to eat, so I've got to have ice. So got my ice. I show up at the property at about 3.30 in the afternoon. Again, it's hot, but there's a chance of rain late afternoon and that night and the next day, the next morning, is actually supposed to be a little bit cooler. And I'm hopeful that I can at least see some turkeys or hear some turkeys on this new piece of property and have myself a good little spot to hunt Wednesday morning. So I pull into the parking lot for the public land. I get out. I get the gun. There's another vehicle there, but I can't tell that whoever's driving the other vehicle is hunting, whether that's hunting turkeys or hunting mushrooms or whatever it might be that they were hunting. I have no idea. I don't see any camo. I don't see any sign in that vehicle that that person is hunting in there on that public land. So I've got my gun, got my vest with my calls, and I go around the gate, walk into the area. I walk about 400 yards from the vehicle and I hear, I said, well, that's a good sign. So I started walking in the direction that I heard the gobble come from and I hear a gobble again and I keep walking in that direction and I hear a gobble again and I'm continuing that way. I get about, I'd say 75 yards from the turkey and he gobbles again. So I called to him and he gobbled, but he didn't come to me. He actually went away from me. So I got up and I walked along the edge of this ag field, got a little bit closer to where he was because he's gobbling the whole time. And I sat down and I called again and he gobbled. He's gobbling all the time, but he's steady moving away from me. And after messing with this turkey for about 15 or 20 minutes, I figured him out. 
I figured out what he was doing because I hunted a turkey just like him last season in Alabama. The turkey in Alabama stayed about 15 to 20 yards off of a gas line, and he paralleled that gas line the entire length of the gas line, it felt like. That's not really the case because the gas line runs for miles and miles, but it felt like he followed it for a long way. And all he was doing was checking that gas line for hens. He knew better than to step out into that gas line because he probably had been spooked from that gas line several times or maybe even shot at when he was on that gas line a time or two. So he knew to avoid that gas line. He knew to avoid being out in the open. And he stayed 10, 15, 20 yards off the edge of that gas line, walked down the length of it, looking for hens and gobbling. This turkey in Minnesota was skirting the edge of this ag field, and he was gobbling every two to four minutes, and he was staying about 10 to 20 yards off of the edge of the ag field. Well, once the light bulb went off in my head, I knew what I had to do, so I backed out of the area that I was in because I was relatively close to him, even though he was moving away from me. And I knew that I had to get across that ag field. But the ag field is up on the ridge, this ridge that runs through this property. And so if I just walked across the ag field, the turkey would have seen me when I got to the high point of the ridge. So I had to back out and go all the way around the other end of the ag field, away from the turkey, circle around and get in front of the turkey. My plan was to get in front of that turkey about 75 or 100 yards in front of him, get about 20 yards inside the woods, and sit there and wait on him. Well, when I backed out and I came around the other end of the ag field, and I now was in front of that turkey, that turkey had covered some ground, and he had gotten pretty far along that ag field. When I slipped into the woods in front of him, he heard me walking. The woods were very dry and the leaves were crunching and he heard me walking and it seemed like every step I took, he gobbled and he gobbled and he gobbled. Well, that turkey was coming to me even though I had yet to make a turkey sound. And when I sat down against a tree, I began to just scratch in the leaves and he's gobbling his brains out at me. That turkey gobbled at least a hundred times in the 45 minutes that I messed with him in that little spot. At one point in time, he had to be no further than 25 yards from me. I could hear him walking in the leaves, but I could not see him. There was a little hill between me and him, which I put there intentionally, thinking that when I got into that area, that that would pretty well force him to come up to the top of the hill to see the hen that he thought was scratching in the leaves. Well, he just skirted the edge of that little hill inside the woods, but he was still coming to me. And just with the terrain and with the woods being as thick as they were in there, I could hear him walking in the leaves, but I could not see him. I tried to make anything and everything in there a turkey. After about 45 minutes of him gobbling and looking for that hen, that he heard walking around and scratching in the leaves. He double gobbled about 25 yards away from me, and then he went quiet. And I thought, he's coming in. He's finally going to show himself. 
and this is going to be over. About 30 minutes later, he gobbled, and he had turned and gone the opposite direction, the direction that he came from. So I sat there, and I waited, and about three minutes later, he gobbled again from pretty much the same area that he was in the first time that he gobbled after that long, silent period. So I waited for him to gobble again. And when he gobbled the third time, the light bulb went off again. He's walking that same route that he took to get there. He's walking that same route backwards, in reverse. Now, just from following him the first time, I found a spot that was a little bit of a pinch point because the ag field towed off this ridge and ended and the woods off the edge of the ag field were only about 10-15 yards wide before it drops off into a ravine and I knew if I could get to that pinch point and beat him there I could kill him. So I stood up and I walked back where I came from around the opposite end of the ag field from where the turkey is and I circled around and the turkey beat me to the pinch point. And he stood there and gobbled and gobbled and gobbled in that little pinch point. And he gobbled there for about 15 minutes. And when I came to the realization that he was not going to come any closer, that he had walked the route that he was going to walk, for a period of time anyway, I decided I was going after him. So there's a two-track road that runs along the edge of this ag field in the woods. Where the ag field and the woods meet, there's a two-track road there. And so I crawled up to the edge of the two-track road. I looked down the road. It's a straightaway all the way to where this turkey is in this pinch point gobbling. And I dropped my vest, obviously, dragged the gun along with me, and I started crawling to him. I probably started crawling too early, but in hindsight, I'm not going to change anything that I did. I was about 200 yards away from where this turkey is gobbling. And it sounds like he's working this two-track road right around the curve where the straightaway ends. Because I'll hear him gobble straight in front of me a little bit, and then I'll hear him gobble a little bit to my left. Then straight in front of me, and then to the left, and to the left, and then straight in front of me and then straight in front of me, and then straight in front of me, and then to the left. So I'm thinking he's working a little strut zone there, and that it, that strut zone is probably the two-track that I'm on. And my plan is to continue to move on him, and while he's gobbling and he's to my left, he's actually around the curve of the toe of that ag field, and I can move on him. And then when he moves back to my right, which will put him straight in front of me, I should be able to see him and get a shot at him. So I'm crawling, crawling, and crawling. I get about 50 yards from where this turkey is gobbling. And what I had conceived in my mind about what that turkey was doing. So I kept crawling and crawling. And when I got to about 50 yards from where that turkey was gobbling, I realized what was happening. I realized that the turkey was not working a strut zone that the turkey was not gobbling to my left and then gobbling straight in front of me. I realized that there was a turkey to my left that was gobbling, and there was a turkey straight in front of me that was gobbling. The turkey that was straight in front of me that was gobbling is the turkey that had been skirting the edge of the ag field that I called in 
to 25 yards and could not see or get a shot at. The turkey to my left was in the ag field and it was time to make a move. I immediately quit worrying about the turkey that was in front of me and I got focused on the turkey that was in the ag field. Now the ridge, the toe of this ag field is between me and this turkey, this goblin. So I continue to crawl and when I got to the point as I was crawling up the toe of this ridge in the ag field, and this is a cornfield with stubble in it still, as I got to that point to where I thought, okay, if I ease up right now on my knees, I might be able to see that turkey and get a shot at him. So I do that. I ease up on my knees. I look in the direction of him and he's still gobbling and I don't see him. So I slowly stood up with my gun almost at ready. I had the butt of the gun on my shoulder, the barrel of the gun pointed down a little bit, finger not on the safety yet, but I stood up and I didn't see anything. So I crouched back down, I took about three more steps, I eased back up, and I saw about half of a tail fan. And at that point in time, I crouched back down, and when I did, the light bulb went off in my head that the tail fan that I was looking at was the back side of the tail fan of a turkey in strut. I immediately stood back up. I took about three steps. I now can see the entire turkey. I've got the gun up, safety off, sights on him, waiting on him to turn around. And I said to myself, now this turkey is about 35 yards away. What am I doing? Why am I this far from him? So I started walking straight to him. He's standing there with his butt to me in full strut. The timing could not have been any more perfect. <laughs> I took about six or seven more steps closer to that turkey. And then he turns a little bit to my left and his left. And when he did, I could see his head. And now he can see me standing in the cornfield pointing a shotgun at him. And he came out of strut and put his head up. He wasn't completely out of strut. He was about half strut but he would come out of strut a little bit with his head poked up and that's where it ended i shot and my minnesota turkey was down between those two turkeys the one that i killed and the one that i called in that i later just decided that i was not worried about that i was going to go after the one that was in the ag field that i ended up killing between those two turkeys they had to have gobbled over 200 times from about 3.30 in the afternoon until 5.30 when I shot. They were gobbling like crazy. They were gobbling like you want turkeys to gobble. They were gobbling like I wish and prayed that Alabama turkeys would gobble. And it was a fantastic hunt, a fantastic experience. It's one that I would definitely do again, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. But again, I owe this turkey to the guy that helped me point me in the right direction, tell me what these turkeys were doing, and that's Josh Cheetah. And Josh, I appreciate you very much for your help and your assistance. And when you get ready to come to Alabama to hunt turkeys, you've got my number. You hit me up. We'll make it happen. Because as far as I'm concerned, I owe you one. So just like my Wisconsin turkey, I still haven't measured the beard. I still haven't measured the spurs, but I can tell you that this Minnesota turkey was huge. 
he had to have weighed close to 25 pounds. I hate that I didn't have a scale with me to weigh him. He was a monster of a turkey. Very nice thick beard on him. Good spurs. If I had to guess, I would say they were inch and an eighth to inch and a quarter. Very sharp spurs and a very thick long beard on him. But the coolest thing was he was gobbling his brains out in the afternoon and he was out there in full strut showing off for a hen. And neither the hen nor him saw me walking up on him, which is just amazing. I'd been praying for a little bit of help and I got some on that hunt for sure. So that was it. That is the story of the Minnesota turkey. That is state number 24. We're getting closer little by little. So that is it. That is all that I have for you guys today. I hope you enjoyed the story. And if you did, if you would do me one favor, I would greatly appreciate it. If you would, please share this week's episode with a hunting buddy using the share button in your podcast player application. Share it via text message and the buddy that you send the link to will get just that, a link to the show in the text chain that you have with them. And he or she can click on that link and listen to today's episode. That's a huge help for the show. It really helps to spread the word and I appreciate it greatly. Speaking of appreciation, thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.